You are listening to the Lit and Lucid podcast brought to you by Steve's Goods and Yuhu Brand. Here's your host, Lucy and Jared. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Lit and Lucid podcast. We are here recording live in our studios with Andrew Montrenga. He is the assistant teaching professor at DU in media, film, and journalism. He has created one of the first cannabis um, classes or courses that you can take at the university level. It's called Hashtag Cannabis Journalism, Reporting on America's New Normal. So we're going to learn a lot more about that course at Denver University that you can take as a college credit. And then he is also a marketing technologist with Sticker Giant. He specializes in SEO, social media, and analytics, and e-commerce. So we're gonna learn a little bit more about his position at Sticker Giant as well, because I know that they are dabbling in the cannabis industry. Uh, but yeah, with that, what's up, Andrew? How's it going? It's great. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, thank you. I'm glad we finally connected. We reached out to Andrew, I think probably a year ago when we first started the podcast. Um, I'm a DU alum, and so it kind of sparked my interest that he was a professor at DU teaching about cannabis. And now here we are a year later, we finally connected. So we're excited to have you on the show. Yeah. Welcome. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. We haven't had somebody in the studio in quite a long time, so it's nice to to get back in the swing of it and have somebody here face to face. Yeah, it's the best way to do it. It is totally the best way to do yeah, it. It's so. my favorite part about being a podcaster. Yeah. And he's also a podcaster as well. He has his own podcast uh, through Sticker Giant. So he is a seasoned vet in that area. Nah, uh, we're still learning. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but yeah, Sticker's on the mic. That's our business growth and marketing podcast uh, as part of the marketing team where I work at Sticker Giant. Um, and, and I'm happy to talk a little bit more about that because especially for your listeners, you know, people are needing... Uh, sticker and label solutions to either put on products or promote brands and you know that's a sweet spot for our business um, and we do a lot both in Colorado but na- nationwide uh, for, for many cannabis brands so it's been fun to watch um, the various you know products evolve over time uh, and also fun designs too. Yeah. It'd be such a unique position to be sitting there and see all the different stickers come through I mean, we see them as like consumers and we've made our own but I can't imagine just sitting there and Probably be like mind blown on the some of them. I mean, the labels get kind of boring after a while because there's just nutritional information or stuff like that, and and some are very basic. But in general, we we do you know hundreds of jobs um, all week long, and and it's you know to hundreds of thousands of dollars of revenue. So you know we see a lot, and 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 again, we have a diverse business. But cannabis in the last you know three years has cannabis and hemp has been huge. So let's talk about how you started in cannabis. I know you've had this class at DU since 2015. So how do we get till now? Yeah, you know, we went obviously online with um, adult use retail marijuana in Colorado in 2014. And and I just sort of observed it as a sort of passive um, consumer, both of the media and also of the products that were available at that time. Um, But, you know, as the year went on, watching the Denver Post do what they do is very interesting. And that was when in 2015, I was like, you know, I'm going to try to do something. I, I've already done some special topics classes at DU. 
uh, where I teach one week. They're called interterms to use on the quarter system for those that don't know the University of Denver. And um, so with quarters, we have interterms. So, you know, like at spring break, when I taught the course this year, it's in between the winter and spring quarters, and there's one week of classes. So it's a five-day intensive where you get 40 hours of instruction and four credit hours in one week. And for, for some students, that's really beneficial, especially if they want to just graduate. And this is literally the last class that they take. And so that's kind of fun to have. That's pretty memorable because I remember sort of my last independent study and a couple of my last classes of my senior year of college at Syracuse University when I when I went there and so it's kind of fun to think man this is the last class this woman or, or man or, or whatever is is here um, at DU so it's kind of fun to have that moment but in any event 2015 in August I did it there's definitely some media splash uh, I, th I think it was Britt Moreno uh, did a story on the class too and Ricardo did a story on the class at the cannabis when he still worked there and um, we built a little media attention around it which was fun because it's the only way to promote anything you all know that yeah. Um, earned media is everything and um, so the class went off pretty well it, it was you know 10 students or whatever it's not a huge class but basically they learned reporting um, they learned some technology we do Twitter we do medium.com for publishing um, and then I network them with industry professionals and I have some tried and true guests and field trips we always go to Sweetgrass Kitchen and see Julie Berliner and Jesse Burns <laughs> they are you know shout out to them Sweetgrass Kitchen is amazing I, I really appreciate their story, so it's always fun to share it. Mm -hmm. um, we we now we see Ricardo at Grasslands, which is always a highlight. So we have this backtrack. So you take your students there and like visit them and yeah, and show them. That's yeah, cool. yeah. And then usually like we went, we've gone to see Mason Tavert at Vincente Cedarburg, and nice. he usually does his rap. So for me, you know, not to sound jaded, I've been teaching now four years or whatever. Um, I've just sort of told the same story every time, but it's it's more formulaic and therefore better maybe for the students and these people. Kind of, I've built a rapport with them. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It is cool. So, but the ones who are twenty one and under, they at like at Sweetgrass, they can't go into the grow. They can't go into the the processing facility. Right. They're not they're not of age. So, that that is a restriction. But I, I try to get more upper division students. Most of them are not journalism students. So a lot of them are like, whoa, a I didn't know anything about reporting or media or Twitter or blogging. And, and, and then they're like, this is cool. I wish I had been studying journalism. Like, well, me too, because <laughs> that would be great to have more journalism students uh, that are passionate about it. So it's very much a beat journalism class. You just talk about that, you know. Other journalism classes are more open, and this one is very focused, I think, in that regard. So like beat journalism, explain that. Well, you could be like, I'm on the Rockies beat. I cover oh, the Rockies. Okay. I cover the Broncos. Yeah. I cover weed. I cover beer. Mm -hmm. I cover healthcare. I cover education. Um, it's your beat. It's your specific yeah. topic. Of, okay. of, so my, I've become sort of a specialist in the beat instruction of the beat reporting for for cannabis. I don't perform cannabis journalism. I've written about cannabis companies that print stickers with Sticker Giant, but um, I don't like play in that sandbox, so to speak. I'm more in the you know theoretical and then instructor role where we're trying to teach people. The, the best practices of AP style and how to be an ethical journalist and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And marijuana requires just as no different ethics than any other story. Yeah. So maybe give the listeners a background of kind of the cannabis and what the importance was for journalism at that time in the Denver Post. Yeah, in 2013, that was huge. That was when I was like, man, you know, this is a huge deal. I mean, I've been consuming cannabis for, for quite some time by then. And, and then... I remember when they put the ad out for it and, and I was like, this is really novel that they wanted to recruit actual reviewers. And I mean, High Times have been doing it. Don't get me wrong. It's it's not like it had been, but High Times is advocacy. It's, it's it's you know, it's it's um it's not unbiased journalism. And they do some reporting, of course, but 
it's not like a major news brand in a major metro like Denver saying, we are going to just cover this topic and we're going to review it and we're going to treat it just like any other, anything else, whether it's sports or it's business. And we're going to do it as its own thing and dedicate a reporter and an editor and a reviewer to that cause. And then they made a show, you know, they had a multimedia producers as well. And so that team was, you know, five or six people devoted to just covering marijuana, super novel. Like at the time. And now, unfortunately, that doesn't exist in the way that it did. But now, marijuana is just another business story, really. Like, I mean, there was a Sunday business New York Times story just this week. And then there was a story, uh, I think, on the fr- in the front page, in the, in the A section, the news section, of, like, licenses in California. So cannabis journalism is still being performed. Um, I think the Denver Post and Ricardo's role in really framing that was obviously crucial and gave it a lot of legitimacy, and it's sort of sad to see it go, but... That's a different conversation for another Would topic. you say that it was like somewhat successful in its journey to, to make it mainstream? At the very end of its time, as his tenure there, when it really started actually, when it went downhill, was they had just overtaken, you know, high times for page views and Holy visitors God. on sites. So they were gaining more web traffic through what they were doing than, excuse me, some of the more established outlets of the entire history. Yeah. Wow. And so I would think that probably forced other like major news players, the Washington Post, New York Times, to start covering that stuff. Yeah, and now it's just like I said. I think it's integrated and it is mainstream, and and it's lost a little bit. You know, here in Colorado, a little bit of its luster. It's very exciting in other markets, but it's it's flattened out here a lot, along with the ownership. And you know, now that the products are far more established, you know, Mm -hmm. like Canada doesn't have edibles, so like when edibles enter the Canadian market, it's a whole different story, right? We started here with pretty much everything, everything you know, yeah. that you can imagine, and and, and, and therefore, uh, it's it's very mature. We have a very mature culture here around it, you know. Um, now we're dealing with the bigger issues like youth consumption or, you know, driving or, or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. So. Yeah, social yeah. consumption. Yeah, social consumption like being the main thing right now yeah. in, the, in the legislature. Mm-hmm. We've got to get that passed. I mean, that has to happen. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, how does it, so how does your class work nowadays with the students? You know, do you teach a lot on, is like very specific to marijuana and there's yeah. a lot of nuances to marijuana? So in the marijuana class, the marijuana reporting class, it's just marijuana the whole time or, or, or hemp, CBD, whatever. Yeah. It's more like, okay, hi, welcome. This is going to be really fast paced. You have five days to do this. This is how journalism works, sort of. Right? I can only do this in like a couple hours on the first day. Okay, come up with a cool idea. What are you interested in? What's your topic? Are you a socio-legal studies? Oh, you want to talk about you know incarceration? Fine, go for it. Get deep into that. Here's some stuff I can help you with. It ends up being very superficial, let's face it. Like It's not like doing investigative journalism. Yeah. But it's not superficial in the sense that I'm onboarding people who have no experience with journalism or, or, or content creation or editorial. And then also studying something so... like. Some folks at the end of that five days are like, man, I've never like thought about one thing so intensely. I'm like, that's the beauty of the intern, right? I mean, yeah. it is worth, I'm trying to make it worth the money that they pay for that. It's a high price tag class. It's like thousands of dollars of tuition right. for that, yeah. right? So I respect that, and therefore I bring those people into class, whether or I take them to those places, um, and I try to expose them to the people that literally wrote this story, Mason Tavert, like mm-hmm. in Denver, banging the drum that marijuana is safer than alcohol, marijuana is safer than alcohol, marijuana is safer than alcohol. All day long, every day for ten years. Mm-hmm. Two thousand twelve rolls around, we vote for it. That's what it takes. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, I moved to Colorado actually when that movement started. That I was in graduate school when Gordy Bailey died at CU, and that's really when that campaign went online and Mason Tavert and that whole crew began that story. I didn't know who he was until I started teaching the class. To be perfectly honest, but the effects of his work has affected all of us yeah. mm-hmm. in a way that, like, it takes one person going every day 
saying the same thing over yeah. and over and over. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what they learned in this class, is to like find those people and tell those stories as yeah. best as they can. And then every day they write a little like, this is what I learned today. This is what I learned today. It's like a journal on Medium. And then they have a longer 1,000, 2,000 word story at the end of the week that they turn in by like Sunday night mm-hmm. and they get their credits. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you show up every day and you try, yeah, you'll be fine. Yeah. And I mean, information nowadays still is very much dominated by like you said, earned media, journalism, things like that. Like, where do people consume most of their media from? It's from media companies with journalists reporting. It's yeah. not, you know, we'd like to think about it's social media, but most of the time on social media, what's being shared is news stories that have already been written by journalists. Yeah, and then opinions in the comments, right? Yeah. Like, and people talking back and forth and tagging each other and talking smack or, or whatever. And, yeah, and it's exactly. a cesspool. It's, it's horrible. And hopefully this new Facebook update just as yesterday and today changes that conversation because we need to change that conversation on social before the next presidential election like yeah, yeah. facebook has too much power yeah absolutely so, yeah i appreciate the original reporting and it's tough for the big outlets to staff it like the san francisco chronicle couldn't keep it up with their green state portal leafly is doing a great job you know but they're yeah. still more of a marketing right agency. Yeah, exactly right. yeah so how difficult was it to get DU on board with this class? I have a very supportive department, I have to say. Kudos to them and the chair, Lynn Schofield-Clark, who was my mentor and advisor at CU when I did my master's. Um, she's I've known her for uh, 14 years now or whatever. She's been one of the most influential people in my life, my life other than like my parents like and my wife you know, and my kids. So kudos to her for being really open and also DU being a kind of place that even though it is a slightly actually, I'd say conservative overall mm-hmm. culture there and it's a small private school. Um, and, and, and that's not news to anyone there, even though everyone says college is very liberal. I mean like the culture of the place, even though people might be all across the spectrum uh, politically, that my department and then the entire College of Arts and Sciences really does want to have what we call public engaged scholarship or you know um, the public good and, and it is a bit of a marketing campaign but I view this very much as like I'm educating young people about something that mostly has been a lie for all of our lives I grew up in the just say no era of the 80s mm-hmm. like straight up lie so how do we unravel that and also still by the way say hey I get it you're 21 in my class and you like to smoke weed but like Definitely not the best idea to be ripping bongs all day. Yeah. I can right. promise you that. I did it, and I know that it is not the best thing to do, <laughs> yeah. especially longitudinally. Like, don't do that. Like, it's not, especially now with the way you can access it so readily. And the quality and the, when I say quality, I mean, like, THC counts. That's the current, like, scare tactic around marijuana, which I don't like. Mm-hmm. I, like, I'm trying to create this whole thing. Communicating Cannabis is the other sort of brand around this. That's an umbrella brand for what I'm doing with this. Mm-hmm. Um, as I segue it, maybe perhaps outside of the University of Denver class structure. Yeah. But, like, I'm noticing right now this, like, oh, there's an opinion in the USA Today this week, a woman whose son killed himself after coming out of the Army mm-hmm. and smoking a lot of weed. She's like, he, the, it's too potent. And everyone, he became addicted to marijuana. <laughs> yes, probably, Maybe. <laughs> That he became, but like, what else happened there? Right. Setting well, events. The well, there's, set, there's triggers and setting events, right? And so, yeah. like, the triggers you you totally go off the ledge. But like, there's setting events that lead up to that that are very dangerous. And to just isolate cannabinoids and high THC counts, it's like he could be drinking a lot. He could be taking other pills. But that right now, and just on CPR, just the other day, they had a cannabis educator who is a consultant, and he's doing a talk about in mantras in a, a couple of weeks, I think, about teen consumption. He's out of Boulder. There, he was talking a lot about the high-quality THC count stuff. So to me, there's like almost like a subliminal, subconscious thing there where it's like, it's not your grandfather's or your uncle's weed. It's like, obviously not. 
it's yeah. hopefully higher quality, like less right. trash in there. Even the places that were sketched out about, they're still producing pretty high grade marijuana. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's safer. And it if you safe. know how to dose it, do, dose it out, yeah. it is safer. So like uh, quality and potency, that's the word I was looking for. Potency being like this scare tactic right now scares me personally as someone who watches the reporting on it. Because everywhere else is like being like, it's like the tequila. Yeah. You know, dabs oh, are like okay. the tequila. It's like, okay, Super stop. Don't don't do don't do that. Like mm-hmm. we're we're mixing metaphors. It's very dangerous to they're, they're, that to me is very dangerous. They're giving concentrates is a whole bad name, but under concentrates you also have, you know, pills that are made with concentrates. Right. Other tinctures, edibles, things like that, where you can microdose it where the dose is less and than And that's the best trend of all time now. That, and it's a marketing ploy, of course, you want to buy more volume and people come back for more because I mean anyway, like it makes sense from the industry. Yeah, it's, it's just a marketing term, but it's also very, if, if we could have better science, would probably be the way that we want to look at something like this mm-hmm. that is frankly, obviously being really overdone in the media too with the way they cover CBD right now. Oh, yeah. Well, CBD as is a panacea. It's, it's very dangerous for the, for the industry. And I don't mean dangerous like from like a health perspective, but more from, well, perhaps from a health perspective, but more like, are we normalizing just CBD all the time every day? Don't get me wrong, we do a lot of CBD business at Sigur Diet. Like, <laughs> It's a go for it. CBD drug treats all day, but like it, as a wellness thing, that's where like it's very dubious to me as someone yeah. who is very yeah. passionate about you know when possible consuming marijuana. It, it I, it's very I don't know. It's it strikes a weird note to me. Right what, now. what worries me is that me understanding the the science behind it and me spending two years researching <clears throat> the plants at Susu Pueblo and. Oh, they're the best program there. I wish I could go visit there and really do work there. That looks like a phenomenal place. Yeah, and uh, I mean, the amount of work we put in and the amount of like knowledge we we learned and basically at the end of the day, what we got down to is that we couldn't factor out THC or the equation of the health and, and the wellness side of it. You can't factor out THC yeah. no matter how hard you try. And so what worries me nowadays with the CBD climate is that everybody's just pushing CBD as if the cure-all and the CBD this, CBD that, and it's CBD only, and now it's not, it's not tied to cannabis, it's all from hemp, and then people trying to like, you know, basically break apart hemp and cannabis as if like hemp is not cannabis, and that's what worries me as far as the bigger picture of legalization, because I understand that all these different modalities they're saying they're, they're helping with, they're actually better treated with a THC product or oh, product yeah. with THC in it than just CBD only. But the current way that we're pushing this is this, as if it's only CBD and CBD is safe and the way to go and the THC, we don't need to do that. Yeah. And cannabis is bad that's, stuff. And that's where I talk about, like, when I think about it as a dangerous thing, again, we're like, I'm all about the new normal and, like, normalization and adult use. And, I mean, there's still a lot of hard conversations I have to have in my life with my you know, kids down the road, you know, that like it's going to be awkward. Like I'm not looking forward to that, mm-hmm. but at yeah. the same time, I hope by the time they're even ex- more exposed to like the messaging and can really internalize it, it'll be, well, it's becoming less cool anyway. Yeah. <laughs> like frankly, I, that's why teen use is overall in Colorado. We see slightly down. It's like, dropping, yeah. yeah it's, it, it mm-hmm. will, as we drip it out further, I'm looking forward to it being even less of uh, uh, something people are drawn to. Yeah. yeah. I, and I think it will because there's not like that nostalgia to it. I mean, they always say like take away the legality of it, yep. and nobody's gonna go be attracted to it. Yeah. it's like the fun. I mean, the transgressor like, part of yeah. was fun. That's why you do that in high school. Right, you got, it's the search for finding it because you couldn't even find it. It's that teenage rebellion, it, right? Yeah, and once you get it, it's like a whole. Th- it's a story, and we've been <laughs> perpetuated through popular culture too, through uh, you know a lot of not great messages, whether it was Days and Confused or yeah. you know, Cheech and Chong. I mean, like funny stuff, but at the same time, like. 
totally turned it into the butt of the joke. We only have ourselves to blame. Right. So we, true. We, we like that stuff. We gravitate towards it, and we create our own meaning around it, whether you're a fish head or a dead head. And it's mm-hmm. how you experience a thing or whatever. It's still like you're creating that meaning around it. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that has been filtered through some not great lenses over, over the history of the world mm-hmm. that we yeah. you know, have created around cannabis. Canvas still has a long ways to go, I think. Yeah. Well, look at like the current like quasi social media controversies of brands, you know, using you know women in advertising. Yeah. You know, it's like soup like people. There's a lot of equity and whether it's gender or or uh, or race or class that cannabis is being looked at to help equalize things and I don't it's that's a lot to put on a plant really <laughs> yeah. that, that that is already obviously pretty homogenized here in Colorado probably it's a bunch of white yeah. guys that own the licenses yeah. but I mean that doesn't make it okay I'm just saying we already mm, we right. immediately stratified it in five years it crystallized into like seven companies owning the majority yeah. of the licenses like yeah. gee that escalated quickly <laughs> right, right? Yeah. so why wouldn't it in New York California Washington would, yeah. like everywhere is different but we need more standards obviously I mean that's just a fact yeah yeah and I never thought about that. You know, people do attach a lot of like different advocacy things to cannabis. Like, as like you said, as if cannabis doesn't already have enough battle going along with it, you have like the uh, the racial inequality things that be oh, attached yeah. to it, which I think is a very good thing. Oh, and you for also sure. have the gender gender inequality issue attached to it, and you have like the LGBT community attached to it as yeah. well. And there's like all these different separate like different issues going on with it, and. It's, it's a tough climate for cannabis. I mean, people are putting a lot of pressure on cannabis. And it, that's what makes it so exciting. And I think there's people fighting really good fights, like in halls of legislature all around the country. Like, and, you know, hats off to them. And again, the people that are, you know, helping create awareness. I mean, there's also people on the other side um, who are trying to create, uh, you know, the anti normalization movement mm-hmm. and so we're going to see both of those things continue to escalate i mean i'm more interested personally in watching the anti-normalization movement as it grows because it'll be a phenomenon sort of that's how out of step are they you know yeah. what does their exactly. message look like yeah. like are they right. going to be chasing every suicide and and you know are they it's going to be like ambulance chasing and, and that's yeah. dangerous too because people will gravitate towards that coverage there are many people who are far more conservative on, on social issues that don't view marijuana legalization as like a net positive. Mm-hmm. And so that still will be part of the story. I mean, the Colorado Springs Gazette got hammered for that. Right? Yeah. And I think that's the next transition is into like mental health now and talking about the suicide epidemic. And I think the veteran thing is a very big deal. And I think that uh, there's still a lot of causation to be playing there, but there's a lot of people. Yeah, I'm not say, a doctor. Like, I, yeah. I don't know. If they're saying that there is possible psychosis, like, I hey, listen, like, we gotta just we gotta study this mm-hmm. stuff right. like to death, literally mm-hmm. to death. Like yeah. we need to run it through the. Room. And then the other end, I think it does like it benefits a ton of people too. So there's just like dichotomy of like there's both sides, and I think at the end of the day, it's just up to science to figure it out. And two, I don't think legalization is necessarily helping the equation. I think it has to be legalized. And like Mason Devert, I mean, I'm right there with Mason Devert. Marijuana is still cannabis, still better than alcohol right. any day of the week. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, it, there's a so. you can spin that. Uh, right a lot these days yeah absolutely cool let's talk about i'm interested to, we always like to uh to dive into the marketing now marketing is yeah. interesting marketing is tough in the cannabis industry yeah because there's um, so many restrictions there's yeah. a lot of restrictions that's why cbd is is becoming popular because there's less restrictions right. on that but people are making false claims and it could get serious yeah. so in the marketing side of it like this is where the work that i definitely do with sticker giant comes more into play because we talk marketing all day every day there we have a team you know, of, a, of five of us, really seven with our creative 
people and there's a lot of stories you have to tell like in, in, in any industry and we've watched sort of the uh, the label uh, world really um, evolve around these hemp and CBD products because there's like any business startup they have to start somewhere and, and we might hit a customer at a time where oh we need 250 labels on a roll to put on this little thing that we're doing or on a package that we're pre-packaging yeah. and we'll go to a festival um, and so we we're able to supply those very easily to them and then of course there's just like straight up stickers with your logo like you guys were talking about that you ordered you know like that's our bread and butter and um, those brands are using social obviously like in a different way than other you know above uh, the board companies and legal companies that you know selling coca-cola it's a different market you can't mm -hmm. you know post the same way so they have to do a lot on great design on their labels and create that experience you know whether it's like lucy sky cannabis here in denver that i wrote about like they'll just put like a big label on a jar that they can then refill with oh. different strains and so they're using our labels in a way where it's like at the point of purchase, they give away a bunch of stickers that just have their logo, not mm -hmm. even a website or anything, just their cool logo mm -hmm. art. Okay, fine, take that, whatever, we don't care. And then they use them like um, as a label solution to then switch out strains when they have inventory yeah. turnover, right? So they can do that like very easily as opposed to like putting up, up on a board or whatever. Right. It's like, nope, this is the one. Like, there's no displays or anything. It's just all on the shelf. And also gives it, like, kind of a homegrown feel, too, because it's, like, exactly. hand-labeled. Mm -hmm. it, it's a different experience when yeah. a bud tender takes it off the shelf and, and does that particular thing. Right. So, um, and then, of course, we have, obviously, a ton of CBD clients. And there was actually a farm, uh, CBDRX, which is now Functional Remedies. Their farm was caddy corner to our factory in Hygiene, Colorado, where when I first started at Sticker Giant, in 2014 that actually I started January of 2014 so I've actually worked there this whole legalization time and really watched you know that that business since the very beginning yeah, really exactly. take off like yeah. that segment didn't exist five years ago when I was there right? right like in the way that now is a segment and then a percentage of our business and, and, and the revenue model that we have like yeah. we have specific niches beer you know tech yeah. you know healthcare nail stuff you know so like in the models. marketing, do you guys have you did you guys do any kind of marketing to like reach out to those? So no, we can't like, either do okay that. Here. So we don't boost posts because we once boosted like a vape post years ago, like at a vape like a nicotine storefront place, and Facebook flagged us. So That's at that point, we're like, nope, never, nope, no mm -hmm. more. Can't talk. We're not going to ever talk about this. We'll write blog so posts. So like organic, and... totally organic, or like a, an Instagram post. We tag them, but we don't tag a product, or we don't try to like turn it into a boosted post. It's yeah. like just tagging grasslands which i did because ricardo ordered stickers from us i was like yeah can i write a story about you of course you can andrew okay right. fine here's the tag on instagram you know like i, I do yeah. that process with with my with my content and so um we have to then also do it in the same subliminal way as well as a third-party vendor we can't even we don't like we're not advertising a marijuana business yeah. we don't need to do that like yeah. our our e-commerce and i mean we spend two million dollars a year on Google ads. Yeah. Like, we're bringing the business. You guys do a great job. It just comes in. Like, in. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. we, don't, we, we don't have outbound sales at this company. Like it's all like a call center where people are doing customer success and getting the right stuff for them. But then it's all driven by PPC yeah. and, and social, nice. like organic yeah. content. And that's yeah. where, you know, I do the branded editorial in our, our podcast. Like we interviewed Danny from Nature's Root and her and her mom. She runs a Colorado hemp project. Like she does hemp products. She orders tons of labels from mm -hmm. her for her balls and her jars. It's a great business. And they come and they pick it up from the factory. It's yeah. like part of the story. Yeah, it's local. It's, like, it's, it's nice. a local business. I even yeah. drove up there one day. I like, needed them, and I think it was for an event in Denver. And 
uh, place it's a nice order. drive I mean come on it's you're really out nice, in Boulder right? County <laughs> like I mean we have a nice view of the Flatirons like it's a very cool company to work for. I'm very fortunate that I get to use the things that I studied in college and now teach at the college level in, a, in an office that is willing to be also just like to you. Like, we take some fun risks. We made the world's largest sticker ball. You know, like, we yeah. do fun projects. <laughs> yeah. You know that recently, like a year ago? We did something? that uh, in 2016. It's been okay. three years, but now we drove him across the country to San Diego to <laughs> social media marketing world on a road trip. Like, having fun and doing cool projects, yeah. whether it's in my classroom yeah. and watching my students do fun projects or, like, what we do at Sticker Down with our, our podcasts and our videos is it's just super fun. Well, I think yeah. it's cool because, uh, I mean, Lucy and I started the marketing company because of the restrictions, and we found that our podcast was, like, a great way for us to get our clients and uh and then we write blogs and that's exactly what we tell our clients to do like you can't advertise you just better write a blog you know right. and same with social media you just gotta have great content so it's cool that like sticker giant you guys have already found that niche and you guys are already doing that and i think sticker giant plays a huge role in the marketing on the back and for canvas companies that they can't advertise so you go to these events and there's like mad swag everywhere everybody's got stickers yeah. And, and I personally hate now. swag, but I, I like I don't want a pen. I don't want this. I really do actually. Maybe because I I've done it, but I have had a long affiliation with stickers my whole life. Like I love stickers. Stickers are awesome. They're awesome. And and for a cannabis brand, like people want to identify. It's a lifestyle play. You gotta really meet they them where they're at. They work too. You have I see two on your yeah. you know yeah. thing right there. Your laptop. Those has, are sticker giants. I know they are. But like <laughs> I'm just saying, like it's this portable billboard that's so fun. And for a cannabis brands to really market. You need to have a good, solid design that's clean like yours, like a simple vector file that like is immediately re- recognizable without your type text on it at all. Yeah, yeah, keep it clean. Right, keep it clean without type. And then if you have a type logo too, great. But like, you want to be able to like be instantly recognizable yeah. to your audience. And it works. I like we're over at Legal Pete's and we laugh at Illegal Pete's like watching wall. the sticker <laughs> wall grow slowly. And we'll yeah. like see people we recognize and we're like, hey, there's so and so. Like yeah. we have to put our we'll stickers up there. Like we seen. I don't endorse you know <laughs> like tagging and like making <laughs> met, environmental whatever you know defacing things I have to say that but stickers are a beautiful first amendment thing I mean it, it is a beautiful yeah. freedom yeah. of speech type thing right there yeah. and it works too so that's one thing that I think the marijuana industry's got going for it I'm glad Sticker Giant's there to like facilitate that and I mean it's a great route of business for you guys it was oh, probably been, unexpected it's a wonderful so. segment like I said it's it didn't really exist in this capacity five years ago, and now like it's it's really uh, been fun to watch for me from the sidelines. And then also how I teach, I'm able to bring that in and talk about branding and design and marketing yeah. mm-hmm. in the cannabis journalism class because that is an important focal point, and it's one of the critical issues you know in the in the industries. How do you advertise? Right. How are we doing the testing? How are we? You know, gaining loyalty from customers. How are we doing the right thing with public health? Like, it's just one part. And I think it's the next stage now it becomes now that it's becoming more of like a CPG, like a consumer yeah. good, I think it's gonna become more of a brand play of like, okay, we've got you know, the black market jitters out and we're not the black market anymore, we're not just selling weed, we're selling products. We're yeah. selling products with intended purposes to intended clients. Yeah. Things like that. So And I if and when, you know, the CEO of Whole Foods made that thing, you know, but he, if if Whole Foods ends up with cannabis in the in the store, like that's the game changer, right? Right. You know, I mean there's been those fun stunts like the um, Carl's Jr. CBD burger mm-hmm. over this 420, um, which is so dubious. But like, you know, it's becoming, it's, it's there, mm-hmm. right? Uh, yeah, it's yeah. very much there, and um, we're just waiting for for the feds to kind of catch up. I think, yeah. and that's what I my class always kind of always ends on on there. You know, yeah. you, you guys got to follow this yourselves, and just wherever you end up, get in the local news ecosystem and just follow it, and and know that you have some specialty. And if you yeah. do want to go into this industry, I have placed students in the industry, not directly, but a student 
ran into Ricardo Baca at this trade show, and Ricardo takes a picture, and he's like, dude, didn't this guy take your class? He told me, you know, he told me he's from your class. I was like, oh, my God, it's working. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he's in the industry at a trade show, meeting a guy that he networked with in the class who just so happens to be, like, the preeminent founder of, you know, the thing that started the class to begin with. Yeah. So that was a nice full circle thing for me, and seeing that it's working and students are out there, like, being actionable about it is, you know, actionable really um, help, you know, that's why I'm doing it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Well, I think it's very much needed, and um, I'm excited to kind of see it all evolves over the next, I mean, geez, five years now since legalization yeah. or so. My gosh, we still got a long, a long way to go, so. Right. Now this might be the new normal, like you said, in other universities as well. I mean, there's stuff coming up. There's definitely stuff coming up. I know, like, there's a school, I think, Central Michigan or Northern Michigan or whatever. They have, like, a, a horticulture, like, science program based around it yeah. there's definitely curriculums going online on that side of it especially on the like medical research side um and i'm and i'm sure that classes are writing stories about weed but uh, you know it'd be cool to see it as a topic in other schools mm-hmm. absolutely yeah. absolutely yeah. yeah well cool well we uh appreciate having you on today and been a pleasure yeah so i'm so glad we got to catch up after a year and i will definitely have to touch base here in a year or so and see See how the journey keeps evolving. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for sharing your knowledge with us. And if any of our listeners are uh, in the local area and might go to DU, check out that class. I yeah. wish I was still in college and could go to That's a cannabis class. <laughs> so and so there's a site. It's cannabisjournalism.com. That's where, you know, there's a lot of content related to the class and the Twitter stream. And then on Twitter, there's just the hashtag cannabis journalism and, and I, i'm following that pretty actively oh, nice. which is updated pretty much every day with stories from around the country um and then uh i'm at andrew matrang on twitter and at andrew matrang on instagram yeah so, absolutely cool. give them a follow guys and uh next time you place your sticker order <laughs> sticker sure, sticker they have really good sales you guys they i'm do, not well, even you, if you want <laughs> and, you know for your podcast listeners if you want to use my coupon stick with andrew you could take 15 percent off your first item if you want to try out sticker giant for your promotional sticker or label needs yeah no do <laughs> it because they have high andrew. quality stick with stickers. andrew there you go stickergiant.com and our podcast is stickers on the mic we talked about that a bunch but anyone who wants to learn more about business growth and marketing and how uh, businesses got their start um, that's what we cover on that and that has been a very fun passion project to to get off the ground there that's awesome yeah we'll have to listen to that for sure all right you guys with that i'm lit i'm lucid and that's it laters we have known steve for over a year now and find his products to be one of the most reputable sources of cbd and other cannabis products on the market with so many imitation oils being sold online it's important to source products from companies you trust steve's goods is that company steve's goods is an award-winning colorado-based cbd company offering organic and locally sourced products at unbeatable prices visit www.stevesgoods.com for more info This episode of the Lit Music Podcast is produced in partnership with YooHoo Brand. YooHoo Brand is an industry-leading digital marketing and business development agency in Denver, Colorado. YooHoo Brand specializes in social media management, website development, influencer marketing, and content creation, along with a host of supporting services to complement your marketing strategy. YooHoo Brand, building businesses the right way. If you're interested in learning more, hit us up at hello at or reach out to Jared and Lucy directly on the show.